1: Welcome to The Family Brain with your host, Megan Gibson. The
0: well-being
1: of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy.
2: Hi, and thanks for listening to the Family Brain. Today I'll be talking with Casey Davidson. Casey Davidson is a certified life coach and specifically a sobriety coach. She helps women learn to live joyful, wonderful lives without alcohol. And I was put in touch with Casey through a mutual friend after I put something out on Instagram about wondering if people were drinking more during this time of quarantine. And it got me excited thinking about what other resources are out there for people maybe struggling or questioning how much they're drinking during this time period. And I was excited to learn from Casey. She has gone through her own experiences, which have brought her so much experience and so much knowledge about how to live without alcohol and live a very filled life. So I hope you enjoy learning from her. I did. And... She is actually the host of a new podcast called Hello Someday Podcast. So if you enjoy hearing from her, you can learn lots more on her show. Thanks for listening.
3: Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for joining me on The Family Brain today.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you.
3: Um, I am thankful. We'll give a shout out to Chrissy Varsames or Varsames Tyson for putting us in contact with each other. I appreciate it. It's, that's what's one of the things that's been fun about doing podcasts is just if I put something out, a friend might have somebody like, oh, I know somebody who you need to talk to. And it's been, it's been really fun to make connections
1: that way. Yeah, that's awesome. She's one of my best friends from high school and you knew her from college. College. Yes, we were college roommates.
3: Oh, you're Um, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you were roommates. Yes, we were. Um, I know I haven't seen her for many, many years. So I keep trying yeah. to get her to come to one of our reunions, but boundaries, right? She will come if she wants to come. It's actually funny. So today we're going to be talking about your um sobriety coaching business. Um, and honestly, I had never heard about this before.
1: Is this a, yeah. a relatively new um field or no? I think it is relatively new. I think that um You know, previously, and I think even now, most people think that if they're worried about their drinking, if they drink more or more often than they want to, they ask themselves, am I bad enough to have to quit? And the idea is that, you know, if you don't drink, by choice, and you used to drink, you have a problem with alcohol, you're an alcoholic. And, you know, for a lot of people, that means a 12 step program. And there is nothing in between. But what I found is I actually, you know, I was a successful director at a company. I had two kids, I was married, tons of friends. And, um, and we can talk about this more later, I was drinking a bottle of wine a night. And for a long time, that didn't seem like that big a deal. I know that's funny to to hear me say. It was manageable. <laughs> it was my jam. It's what I liked. Yeah. I thought a lot of people drank the way I did. I surrounded myself with big drinkers. And yet, I had a headache and a hangover. And I couldn't, you know, I made all these rules. And I kept breaking them. So I ended up working with a coach four plus years ago. And it was wonderful because the approach wasn't, am I bad enough to have to quit or Googling, am I an alcoholic? It was, is this good enough to keep going in the direction I'm heading? And by the way, alcohol is a really hard habit to break. It's addictive. It's pushed on you by society. It's reinforced every time you go out to dinner or see your friends or go to a work happy hour. So in my mind, it's like hiring a personal trainer or hiring a nutritionist, right? You need to change your habits. You haven't been able to do so yet on your own. You need connection and accountability and reinforcement and new resources. And it doesn't have to be the end of the world or define your life.
3: Yeah. Well,
1: and that's one thing that I, I mean, I feel like I read a lot. I
3: try to stay, you know, not out of touch with what goes on in the world, but I feel like this is a new thing that I'm learning about is just this idea of like the gray area drinkers where yes. you're kind of like is this bad is this not bad and and I know I, myself included especially when there's difficult times like we're going through right now during COVID-19 where you're kind of like are these habits healthy or, or things that I want to continue you know um, yeah. and I just didn't I think a lot of the stories we're presented with often are about that rock bottom, like waking up in the gutter and, you know, your life has fallen apart somehow. Or, you know, and I think what I'm appreciating about your story and other stories I'm now kind of seeing are that, you know, it was just this in-between zone where it just wasn't, it wasn't helping me. That's for sure.
1: Yes, absolutely. And also one of the, one of the big big traditions in some of those 12 step meetings that you you know you mm-hmm. think about in terms of hitting bottom and there are wonderful people in there who decide to stop drinking before they hit bottom, of course is anonymity meaning you don't talk about your journey or what happens in meetings and I think that the more we talk about this and normalize it and mm-hmm. realize there are thousands of smart, successful women who've decided that they drink too much and it's way easier to just stop than to moderate, the better it is. Because there actually are thousands of women just like you or me who have figured out that alcohol isn't taking them where they wanna go. Yeah. Well,
3: and you know, it's crazy. So today I have been, uh, I usually just do one podcast conversation a day just so I can really focus in. But I had another conversation with a woman earlier today. Her name is um, Nancy Levin, and she does a lot of work around boundaries. And I think there's such an interesting like tie-in. And I didn't even think about this because I started talking to her, but like that women, I think especially, are so just doing whatever the next thing is that shows up. Okay, doing, doing, doing. And that sometimes alcohol can kind of help just make those feelings go away. But how do you set your boundaries if you're not in tune with
1: how you feel about what's going on? And it's just such an interesting intersection there. It is. I see that all the time. And I actually love that you said that because Most of the women I work with who are typically successful career women with families, they are some interesting combination of an overachiever or a people pleaser or both. And so they do, they want to say yes to everyone. They want to be seen as the best and the brightest. They can do it all and nobody can do it all. So they end up saying yes to everything and you you want to come home and you want to shut it down fast your racing brain, your endless to-do list. And alcohol works for a long time, right? It's like hitting yourself over your head with a sledgehammer with a bottle of wine to stop your mind or easing into sort of a thick bubble that surrounds yourself that keeps everything else at bay. And by the way, you can drink around your kids. Like you can't go out, you know, to go to a yoga class, to go to a meditation, to go for a long walk that's harder to do with kids. So you can sit there and help them with their homework or do bath time with a glass of wine or a bottle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's become a solution for a lot of women.
3: Yeah. And I love what you were, I was reading, I signed up um, and got your 30 day um, survival or the sober woman's 30 day survival guide. Yeah, Am I saying that yeah. right
1: No, it's the, well, close. It's the Sober Girl's Guide to Quitting Drinking and it's 30 tips to help you get through the first 30 days. Yeah.
3: And one of the things I was loving is just this idea that self-care is not a one-stop. It's like what you do throughout the day. So hopefully you don't have to get to that point where you're just like, oh my gosh, shut it down, shut it down. Yeah. Because you've done things throughout the day and that's huge, because I don't think often we're thinking that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's also the idea of, like you said, boundaries, figuring out how to say no to things, because if you say yes to everything, you're, you're saying no to yourself and to what you want from your life. And, you know, decompressing throughout the day, um, I call it kind of maintaining your emotional sobriety, not getting too angry, resentful, too high or too low. Really helps. But also, you know, when women take on too much and they do everything and they feel overwhelmed and they feel like they don't have help, then they drink to get through it all to sort of start the second shift. And one thing that's really important in my mind and what I work with my clients on is if you feel that you need to drink to tolerate a situation, it's the situation that has to change, not you need to drink to get through it. Yeah, that's, I
3: mean, that's huge. And so one of the things I'm noticing during this COVID-19 time is that there's so many new situations that we're not used to being in. So so maybe you've lived your life and you've realized, okay, I'm going to stay away from this. I'm going to do that. You know, you sort of have mapped out what works for you and what doesn't. But then all of a sudden there's this you know, I, I, I was calling it a, a the the world in the Cuisinart like blender, like everything's just kind of different. And so we're finding ourselves in new terrain. What are you noticing with your clients as people are working
1: through this new situation here? Well, it is definitely an issue, and it's an issue that is driving overconsumption, more consumption of alcohol and daily drinking. I mean, I think the latest statistics I've seen is that Sales of alcohol are up 40% from pre quarantine levels. So, you know, alcohol sales are surging along with hand sanitizer and toilet paper. But drinking your way through a family quarantine won't get you help you get through it without losing your mind. It will do the opposite. So, drinking as a coping mechanism just it it pour, It pours lighter fluid on your anxiety mm-hmm. and it makes the hours with your children more difficult. Your um, patience is less. you have a headache, you feel sluggish um, you 're less able to wake up feeling refreshed and it you know it increases depression that 's a known Um, connection to drinking. So, I mean, the truth is that this time is incredibly stressful. A lot of us, and I'm raising my hand here, rely on schedules and outside stimulation as a distraction from, you know, kids can be relentless with their energy. I have a five-year-old and, you know, she's used to 22 kids stimulating her for X number of hours a day, plus swimming, plus ballet. And you know having kids if we're being honest can be humbling and um a bit dissatisfying right it's a lot of what have you done for me lately it's not always positive feedback yeah so you know in terms of this time people are definitely drinking more and more there is a you know there is an easy way to recalibrate yourself and to set yourself up for success, you know, in my mind, if you are someone who struggles with drinking too much, drinking just adds a problem to a problem. It's not really a solution. So, you know, I know it seems like it is, it was my, you know, my favorite treat, my only coping mechanism for years and years. At the same time, it was a coping mechanism because what I needed was downtime. And less stress, and less anxiety, and more help, and you know all the things that we feel like we can't afford.
3: Yeah, well, and I mean, I think especially for women, just all of the expectations right now. I was reading something; Cheryl Sandberg said something about women are doing like a double duty, double duty, or something, yeah. something to the oh, double shift, double shift. Um, you know that there's just so much expectation on um and it's tricky because it's so I don't know so often assumed so it's like you have to really be paying attention to sort of stand up for yourself and say you know what that's not working for me or I need this or I need that um I was laughing because I was reading something about it was like 80 percent of men say they share 50 percent for 50 percent of the homeschooling 3% 3% of women agree.
1: I saw that too. And I laughed out loud.
3: <laughs> just made me chuckle. I mean, and it's, it's just real. I mean, it's real and it's just, it's a, it's a challenging thing, but I think you're right. It's, um, the more clear minded you are, the more you're able to stand up for yourself and say, hold on, or even notice. I think that's the thing when we stay busy, stay preoccupied, stay tipsy. It's, it's hard to notice what's going on and to then advocate for yourself.
1: Yeah. And you know, it is like, I mean, I think that a lot of us yearn for our pre-kids days. Um, And I'm just super honest. I adore my kids um, and they're wonderful. It is hard, right? Yeah. And so you're looking for that party in your living room (laughs) on a Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. You want to get that buzz. You want to rebel a little bit against your responsibilities. And that's natural. And when you were talking about boundaries, I think that one of the things I tell women when they're trying to take a break from drinking or go through any period without alcohol, if you are used to drinking it, is you need to lower the bar. You need to bubble up. You need to pretend you have the flu and do less. Mm. And that means asking your partner for help. And that doesn't mean that you have to tell him or whoever you live with that, oh my God, I'm worried I'm drinking too much and I need to take a break, you can say, you know, I'm doing a challenge where I'm going to go 30 days without alcohol, but the first week is really hard. So I'm going to need your help. We can order takeout. I, We can put the kids in front of the TV, but I can't do work and dinner and laundry and bedtime and bath time and not drink because it's mm-hmm. a really hard habit to break. Yeah. What are some of the biggest
3: stumbling blocks that you see when you're working with people that you're like, oh, there's that again, you know, like just sort of the, are there some typical, typical
1: pitfalls? Yeah, there definitely are. And I would say um, the biggest one is mindset around what you're doing and why. So I think it's very helpful for anyone who's worried about their drinking or thinking they want to take a break from drinking to not say this is forever, right? To see it as an experiment, to see how good they can feel with a period of time without alcohol. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to label yourself. You don't need to say, I will never drink again. You need to approach it with optimism and curiosity. So in some ways, some people take a break from sugar or caffeine or gluten like Alcohol is known to be, you know, it stops all weight loss the minute you ingest it because your body sees it as a toxin and, you know, it wakes you, it interrupts sleep. It makes your skin look bad. It makes you headachey and feel queasy depending on what it is. So, and it takes a while to get out of your system. So if women are stopping for four days or stopping for a week or even two weeks, you are doing the absolute hardest part over and over again. You are not allowing yourself to get to the good stuff. And so I would say, take a break, see how you feel. Don't think about forever. Think of it as a health experiment and don't think that you need to label yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of people do things for their health and their mental health and taking alcohol out for a while is just something that you should do. I mean, I've been drinking for 20 years. I had never taken a break of 30 days unless I was pregnant. So I quit drinking at 40 years old. And I was like, um, you know, definitely thought that it was an issue for me and it was unsustainable. But also I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I like what you say about like, you don't have to label yourself. I mean, I, again, I, I'm like embarrassed I have said things to people like, oh, is he an alcoholic? Is that why he stopped? Like, what an asshole. You know what I mean? And and the person said to me, well, I don't know that anybody really likes to label themselves. And you know, what? it's really just not my business either. You know, like why it's, it's like makes me blush, you know, just thinking about that. But I think when you don't have other information that you've been exposed to, and just like that this is not something that's useful. Um, And even I've noticed like alcohol has such a bigger impact as we get older. You know, the things that maybe you could get away with, quote unquote, earlier, just it does not fly. Your body's like, nope, not gonna work.
1: Yeah. And you, you really don't need to label yourself. And I actually find labels very unhelpful. I think they keep women and men stuck for a really, really long time. Because for better or worse, alcoholic has a very negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And nobody, I think, would choose to be an alcoholic until they realize how much better they feel b- when they stop. But I don't understand why people label that because, for example, someone quit smoking. They used to smoke a pack a day. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows in this day and age that smoking is bad for you, right? It causes right. cancer. It's unhealthy. You're damaging yourself. You're shortening your life, which by the way, all of those things are true for alcohol too. There is a strong correlation to many different types of cancer, especially breast cancer. Um, my husband says I am the biggest Debbie doubter that lives <laughs> when I say that, but, um, but you know, someone quits smoking. Everyone says, Oh my God, good for you. How did you do that? No one's like, ever, you're never gonna smoke again. Just have fun, just moderate. And also, nobody walks around being like, I'm a nicotineaholic 10 years after they quit drinking. In my mind, you know, I would, I actually don't call myself an alcoholic. I don't, I don't even think about that um, in relation to myself. I mean, and when people are like, oh, did you have a drinking problem? In my mind, I'm like, yeah, I saw you drink four times this week. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in four years. So no, don't think I have a problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, and I that's what I love about sort of the different voices coming into play around this because I think it just brings out questions, like, well, why do we do it that way? And why is that, you know, how we've thought about it or what's presented to us in movies and you know, it just kind of makes us question what's being served you know? And, um, honestly, what, the more I've been reading about this, the more you start to notice just how pervasive it is in everything you see, everything you do, everywhere you go. I mean, Texas, it's, it was like, they shut down everything, but we'll deliver alcohol to your house. Like we'll then we'll make
1: sure. And that it's, was not It's happening an before. essential service, right? Yeah. 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 And, um, That's absolutely true. I mean, if you, it's sort of a self-perpetuating cycle, meaning that we have been to some extent conditioned or brainwashed into thinking that alcohol is a rite of passage. It's what adults do. It's, you know, you go to a restaurant, the first thing they bring you is, is a drinks menu. There is a wine glass at every table. It is presumed that you would have to opt out of drinking instead of opting in. Mm -hmm. At the same way you post that you've had a really stressful afternoon with your kid or at work, you will have six friends chime in and be like, oh, sippy time. You need a glass of wine. You know, and we do it to each other and mm-hmm. I am not judging. I was the queen of the play date with adult beverages every anniversary. My husband and I would go to wine country. I mean, it was my jam and it was what I did. And it's really hard to decondition, decondition yourself from that. You know, there are wines called, you know, mommy's time out like bottles of wine labeled that way. So there's no question who they're targeting and they've been really successful. Mm-hmm. So what, do you have a strategy or something you do when you see things like that? Like when
3: you see people making comments or posting things about like, oh, you need a glass of wine. Do you just kind of let it be? Or do you, do you say something like, oh, hey, that's not
1: the most useful inter- intervention there? I don't. In my mind, you know, there are three kinds of people who respond to me when I mention I don't drink anymore. And I also, I mean, obviously I'm a recovery coach. I'm a sobriety coach. I coach women to quit drinking. So, you know, I'm quote unquote out of the closet. I feel zero shame about it. I'm actually really proud of myself for quitting drinking. And I, I think it's, you know, a superpower. And something that's really hard to do that 95% of the population never try. But if I mention to someone, you know, I usually just say, oh, yeah, I used to drink a lot, but I quit. Mm. And there are a couple of different responses to that. One is, shockingly, people don't care that much, which is funny because I cared so much. I thought everybody cared. They're like, oh, that's cool. And I'm just like, seriously, nothing? Um, <laughs> Don't so you it's have questions? Crazy. Don't you want to ask me about my coaching? No, just don't kidding. you don't you want to ask me if I had a problem? Surely you think I had a problem, right? <laughs> then there is the oh come on, you can just have one. Um, that's crazy. Why did you have a problem? Um, I could never do that. Oh my God. That is someone who has their own struggles, their own voice in their head, their own not issues with alcohol, but someone who cares a lot Mm -hmm. and very much tries to distance when you speak, oh, that must be good for you, but I really have it in check. You know, that kind of thing. I don't engage with those people very much. I'm like, oh, good for you. And it's because they, you know, a lot of people do have resistance to you stopping drinking because they say, oh God, if you quit, what does that mean about me? or if i drink around you you're going to be judging me and that's that's on them and i'm just i don't let it go there's a third person who says oh really how did you do that because i've been thinking about that or it must be really hard that is genuine interest in my mind from someone who might be wondering about their alcohol consumption and you know is scared like i was or terrified for how you would even do that and what that would mean and what people would think. And for them, you know, I, again, don't think it's helpful to say, Oh my God, you have a problem. Never drink again. It's like, that's a great thing to think about. And it's not easy, but it's totally worthwhile. Why don't you, you know, if you think you might be better off without drinking, why don't you try it for a while? We can talk further. We can go for a walk. Let's go to yoga, you know, just encourage them and they may go away for a month and come back to me. So when I see people posting the wine, which is a long way to come back to that, the wine memes, the pushing, the, you know, you see people be like mommy sippy cup and there's a whole bottle in the image. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they are not, you know, it, it does me no good to say anything about it. I know before I quit, I was incredibly defensive about my drinking. I was not open to any kind of feedback that mm-hmm. I might be drinking too much. Um, and so I just, you know, sometimes to my husband, I'm like, they're on the path, you know, that's what I call <laughs> yeah. it, you know? And so, you know, maybe they'll come back to me in a couple years, but yeah. you know, I just try to live my life and I'm open about what I do. And yeah. I've had people come to me and be like, Hey, can I talk to you about that? That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's
3: very that seems very healthy. I mean, I'm just noticing not just with drinking but like with all kinds of different things especially during this time frame about you know things that are just kind of like, oh, but I think you're right. That's a good way to kind of say something to your husband and kind of move on. But it's <laughs> it's interesting the things you learn a lot during difficult times about where people's thoughts are about um I've noticed a lot of things about weight too and like, oh, you're going to come out of quarantine all fat and you know things like that. It's just like it's a lot to process sometimes. Well, all, and women all are
1: so that. hard on themselves. Like there is nothing you could possibly say to people that they have not Thought of or said to themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. and part of my coaching is just be like, oh my God, all your emotions are valid. And you need to silence that inner critic voice and be kind to yourself, be proud of yourself every step of the way, because you do have real problems. And this mm-hmm. is real stressors, you know. Because I used to wake up every morning and look at the bottle of wine, see how much was left. I have a hangover. I'd be super defensive with my husband. Like, I feel fine. What the heck? I, you know, mm-hmm. I just have much on my mind. And, you know, I would wake up and be like, what the F is wrong with you? Get your crap together. Why can't you cope? I mean, this is what I was saying to myself at eight in the morning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like with women, what they need is better boundaries, more help, more self love, you know, this is hard. Like, of course, you can't get your crap together. This thing's addictive. You know, Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, I I think it's so smart. And what could you talk a little bit about the podcast that you have?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm very excited. It's launching May 14th. It's called the Hello Someday Podcast, um, helping busy women drink less and live more. And it is life, success, mindset, and sobriety coaching. It is bringing tools and resources together, not just from myself, but with other experts on codependency and people-pleasing and boundaries. Um, I've got some great authors that I'm excited to talk about. One is the authors of The Sober Lush, which is a book coming out that's about living an adventurous, soulful life, alcohol-free. Um We're talking about understanding your Myers-Briggs personality type and how to use it to navigate quitting drinking, sobriety, and life without alcohol with more ease. So it's meant to help successful women who might be sober curious, who might be trying to quit drinking, who might be in early sobriety, or might be very happily living an alcohol-free life, build a life they really love that isn't based around drinking.
3: Yeah. I love that. Well, and I love, like I said, I love, I, I'm excited that I have this new um new resources because it's funny that I, until you start looking for something or seeing, seeing something, it kind of, you see one step and then you're like, Oh, there's lots of more of these, you know, information, oh, yeah. and resources. And the same thing happened to me when I was starting to do a podcast or a series on um, maternal mental health. And I was like, there's just nothing. And then I started looking, I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's amazing people doing all kinds of work in this area. I just hadn't seen it. So I think people will be excited to get the information that you are offering. Um, I'm wondering, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk more about?
1: I would just say for anyone who is out there and might be struggling and might be trying to moderate their drinking and not being successful, you know, there is a better way And sobriety is not a life of isolation and deprivation. People have so many fears that they'll never be able to see their friends again, that they'll, you know, have a miserable time at a wedding, that they'll never be able to travel to Europe, or that they won't be able to connect with their husband or tolerate their kids. And I promise you that if you give yourself a chance you're going to feel so much better. I feel like when I was drinking, I was just carrying around this backpack of rocks everywhere I went. It occupied so much of my mind thinking about drinking, not drinking, when I could drink, how much I could drink. Did I have quote unquote enough wine at home, trying to think about whether I could get that third glass of wine at the restaurant before the waiter brought the check and then it was weird. Um, your mind is going to be so much more peaceful. You're going to have so much more contentment and joy. And the world is actually going to get bigger and more adventurous and exciting once you sort of put down the chain that you have to your wine bottle and your couch. So, you know, no judgment for anyone who drinks. I really have zero. But if you're interested, life is good. That's awesome. And where can people find more information about you? Yeah, please visit... Hello, Somedaycoaching.com. That's my website, and I have a ton of information, blogs, resources, the podcast. You can get the free 30-day guide and um, find everything you need to learn more about this as well as I do private coaching for women who want to quit drinking. So head on over there. I love it. And I as I was telling you before we started recording, I love your, pod, your website. It's like just so colorful and happy and like, you know, it can be a difficult topic, but it's just kind of has a joyful, it's a joyful space. Yeah. And I wanted that in particular because a lot of resources are out and quitting drinking are about, you know, they're gray, they're built by men, they're mm-hmm. about outpatient or inpatient or... You know, you're hitting bottom. You see pictures of women with their head on the table with the wine (laughs) bottle next to them. And that's not most of us. They're not most of us. Most women are happy and successful and running around like crazy and they're on the PTA and driving their kids to soccer practice and going on business trips and drinking a lot. And So your life doesn't change when you quit drinking and you can decide. You know, I think about it sometimes as deciding to run a marathon, right? It's a huge project. You need support. You need to talk to people who get it. You need to plan stuff out. But at the end of the day, you're really proud of yourself.
3: Mm, love that. Very cool. You make it seem very approachable and fun, which is cool. I think that's, I don't know, like you said, it's sort of a different, different way than yeah. we often see. Um my last question for you is just during this COVID-19 time, is there anything that you found to be like a really critical touchstone practice for you that's just kind of keeping your sanity or as I, I yeah. people have been asking me how I'm doing, I'm like,
1: I'm goodish,
3: but is there anything yeah. that's keeping you goodish?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the most important things that um I did right at the beginning, and I think actually Sobriety or early sobriety, especially, is a great training ground for dealing with quarantine and family and pandemic because it's all about self care and taking it day by day and tapping into what you need each day. You know, your body, are you anxious? Are you worried? Are you bored? And solving for that emotion. So, those practices are so helpful. But in the beginning, my husband and my two kids sat together because we were really, you know, my son, get off Fortnite, get off Minecraft. Oh my God! And my daughter, Jesus, you know, sorry, with the uh, with the YouTube kids, and my husband wasn't helping me enough, and all the things. And we kind of said, okay, we're, we're going to be in this for a while. What's one thing that you need every day that we can make sure that you get? Hmm. And so my husband said what his was for me. I was like, I need time alone um, to go for a walk. Um, to work in my office. And at the end of the day, I need to be s- able to sit down and watch a mindless show or read a book with no guilt before the kids go to bed. Like, I don't want you judging me. I don't want you saying, oh, sitting down, you know? Yeah. That builds up when you're together. And, you know, my husband had his thing that he wanted every day for my son. It was, he was like, I want to play games for an hour every day and not be guilted over it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my daughter trampoline time every single day, I've been going on the trampoline like crazy. But once you have what you need and it's communicated and people are aware of it, that's great. And then also we just put out the responsibilities of what each people, you know, you have to take a shower, you have to eat breakfast. My son was on dishes and kitty litter. My daughter was on something else, tidying her room. Like, it's just like, don't make me ask you to do these things every day.
3: I love that you brought everybody together to say what they really need. I mean, that's really cool. I just, I had not thought of that. I mean, Cause I think about, well, what do I need and what do I expect of them? But I like that you gave everybody the opportunity to say what they needed. And so then everybody feels respected and whatever, whatever yeah. that thing is.
1: And then when someone's doing something that is not your first choice of how they would spend the time, you know, okay, that's the one thing they asked for that's important to them. So you're just like, I, I want my thing. would. you can't guess what someone needs. You really can't. Right. And then, you know, it might change. I mean, my God, we're two months into this two and a bit in Seattle, we were like the first ones who closed down. So, you know, it changes, but that's okay.
3: Yeah. I love that. Very cool. Well, I am excited to learn more about your program. I was reading your, your, uh, your newsletter, not newsletter, the, the 30 day the guide. guide. Yes. Um, and it's, it's really cool. I love what you're doing. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And I'm excited to hear your podcast.
1: Great. I love your podcast. So thank you so much for reaching out to me. I think you're doing great work for a lot of people. Thanks for listening to The
2: Family Brain. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I want to give a shout out to Otherworld Computing for sponsoring this podcast. Otherworld Computing is a place to go if you need anything for your Mac. They have accessories, upgrades, and what I love the most about it is it is very user-friendly. You do not need to know a lot about computers because they take you step-by-step step through the process, ask you all the questions that you need for whatever you're trying to find. So thank you so much for Otherworld Computing for sponsoring this show. And if you want to learn more about the podcast, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or familybrainpodcast.com. And I would love it if you would leave a rating or a review for the show. It helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening.